everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Brown Queens. We are back and better. On this week's episode, we are catching up, talking about what's new in our lives, talking about the new Beyonce Drake, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, Kim K on a podcast, Bernie Spears getting married, and we have the amazing Nicole Mitha on. We're going to be doing a little interview catch up with her. And you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor FM, YouTube. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new season of Brown Queens. Welcome back. We are back and better than ever. We are here ready for a new season. We're ready. We've been growing, evolving. Um, This is also a new season for our lives and a new chapter (laughs) new season new characters new plot lines new men new everything everything um as we were talking about what did you say you called it for me a villain summer or a villain character I forgot (laughs) she was like putting together like different phrases and I was like it's villain era you're in your villain era there you go in my villain era yes I think I finally got out of like the sad, the crybaby, the everything. I was like the one that was like hopelessly romantic. Now I'm just in oh, my- Oh yeah, girl. Our sad girl season is over. Yeah, sad girl <laughs> season is so last year. <laughs> yeah, season one of our podcast had many, many tears from both of us. Many tears, had many, breakups. Many moments, yes, breakups. Oh my God, the breakups, the lows. But, you know, we're back. We're better than ever. I feel like we're in the best chapter of our lives, personally, right? I think so, too. Like, you've been happier. I'm happier. We're busy. We're not just, like, sitting here in our thoughts. Like, we're we're doing things here. Like, you know what I mean? We're like, thriving. We're living. We're living our best lives. Yes. What have you, like, what have you been up to? Let me, let me know. Let me know what your chapter is right now, girl. Let our audience know. My chapter, my chapter is, you know, that Courtney clip. I'm just living life. That's <laughs> my chapter. I'm in my living my best life chapter. Um, you know, I love my job right now. I feel like I'm on a career path that I'm really excited about. Um, I always feel like I'm my best self when... I'm working towards something yeah and it was like good for me last year when like I was in that in-between transitional phase because I always like being challenged and I feel like that really challenged me to grow in different ways and I love when I'm like kind of put in a corner and like I have to like deal with different types of situations so that was great but I'm super happy that I'm working towards something again um I love being booked and busy and I I just love all the yeah, I love all the things I've been a part of. Um, I'm dating, very happy with my dating. Yeah, finally, thank the Lord. <laughs> I know, it's so funny because like after my ex, all my friends were like, oh Jesus, we're so happy that you're done with him. I do, um, I already know how I felt. I was just like, girl, no. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I feel like That's all how you were about my friends. Too, though. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like all my friends were just super excited that I moved on. But yeah, so I'm like, I'm trying to like, you know, date smart, like, be really self aware and like, hold men to standards. And, you know, just definitely not put all my eggs in one basket. That's the whole thing. I think with you and I, I'm also guilty of it, even though it seems like I'm a pimp, which I used to be a freaking pimp. Like I had like five guys at the same, not like I wasn't sleeping with them at the same time, but I was like, you know, I wasn't, I was never bored. Like I had a good morning from one, a good afternoon from another. Like it was great. But that's when I just was like on my fuck shit. Like I didn't care about anything. I didn't even, I didn't care if I flaked on people. I did not care. Like now I feel yeah. like I'm so much more grown now. And like, I do oh my want God. one person, you know? <laughs> yeah. I need to find a balance because I'm such a lover girl in the words of Drake. Like I find one good guy or one guy. This is not me good. And I'm just like, oh my God, I love you. I don't need anybody else. And that, you know, but like, it's good to like keep them on their toes. So I got to I got to chill a little. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you're doing good though. Yes, I'm out. I'm out here dating. 
different, different. Um, so yeah, with me too, though, when I like start talking to somebody, I'm just so older now that like, I don't have time to entertain more than one person, but you kind of have to, because then you'll end up how I ended up like with my ex. Like I would see red flags. It's okay. Yeah. You guys during our break in our little, in our little intermission between seasons, Jyoti started dating somebody, stopped dating somebody, started dating somebody, stopped. You know, it was a whole cycle you guys missed. No, literally, seriously. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> I've like, now that I've started quote unquote dating, well, I started dating my ex again, but now I've also broke up with him in my head <laughs> again in, the, in this new season. Yeah. Just in our head though. Yeah, it's six. It's been six months. I feel like we've been we've been talking consistently since December, and I just kind of realized who I really am, and I don't need to be dealing with somebody that's like one minute all in, one minute not in, and then also like absolutely not, absolutely not. I sent Jyoti a voice message, and I was like, no, 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 no. You're way better than this. She does not deserve that. In this season of life, we do not, we do not deserve the wishy-washy. No, dude. Actually, speaking of, I didn't, did I send it to you last night? I don't remember. I was a little buzzed. I, like, so I saw homeboy courtside at the fucking game and he posted it. I was pissed. <laughs> oh, she was, she was livid for so many reasons. Number one, she wishes she was there. But number two, why the fuck is he <laughs> Yeah. Like, how are you not thinking about me? Like, I just can't. And that's, and then also like, he'll be super down when he's like all about me in love and like, doesn't want me to do anything but hang out with him when he comes and visits me. But then when he goes back, it's like, it's like once in a while here, you know, he'll check in with me. It's like, no, like if you want me to be with you and not talk to anyone else, I need to talk to you every day. <laughs> like, <literally. laughs> At least once a day, <laughs> but I, I guess I'm same. I guess I get talking about myself. That's pretty much what I've been up to. And then also like Neha, I've been like, um, trying to work on my, um, work life. I'm also actually busy. It's not just me doing one thing a day and telling people I'm hella busy. <laughs> it's like, it's like that meme where it's like, you do one thing on your laptop, close the computer mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, that was a busy day. Exactly. Like before I would like dedicate all my time at the store too. But like now, like when I'm at home, I'm actually like, I'm studying, I'm working. I'm like thinking about going back to school. And then like, I just kind of feel like I got my groove back. You know, I'm trying to do the social media thing again. Like, I I know I'm trying to do the TikTok thing. I I finally figured the goddamn thing out. Like I figured it out. (laughs) It's, it's just like, I mean, Jyoti makes Jyoti makes TikToks. I just watch TikToks. Yeah, there's there's two types of people. And if I watch TikToks, I don't because then I'll be on there for three hours in this deep, dark rabbit hole, like learning how to sew something that I'm never going to sew in my life, you know? Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a rabbit hole, a rabbit hole I live in. Yeah, um, it's always like Neha's like sometimes her philosophies will be like, oh my God, this TikTok I watched. <laughs> I know 100% the amount of times I need to stop starting my sentences with this TikTok I watched and just change it to the book I read. <laughs> yeah, you, you totally should. No one would know the difference. <laughs> so um, funny. But okay, but yeah, that's a little recap with us. Yeah, okay. we're in a new season. We'll fill you in, uh, fill you guys in on the juicy details and stories, you know, as they come. But that's all you need to know for now. Um, but speaking of this new season and like this summer, I am so excited because, okay, Drake dropped last night, which I know a lot of people are very like in the middle about, but also Beyonce is dropping the queen of all queens. <laughs> I totally thought and- about it then. I know I'm going to go crazy. Don't even talk to me when that album comes out. Do not talk to me. But also a Beyonce Drake summer is elite. Like that type of summer is just like, I know we all talk about summer 2016 and the vibes and just like how that summer was the best summer for everybody. And we like, nobody knows why, but I feel like it's going to be one of those summers. We're just like, when was the last time Beyonce and Drake haven't dropped at the same time in like seven years. 
No, they really haven't. And and I, I, I and and I really think that Drake dropped because he saw that Beyonce was dropping. Because they do that. They like strategically be like, oh shit, she's gonna come out. Like I want to drop my album too right now. Yeah, before she gets all the clout, let me just hurry up and you know get. Yes, I a hundred percent think he did that because it was like super last minute. Yeah, no. Um, I did see a lot of like uh funny memes about the Drake album. Uh, but a lot of people were like, oh my God, this is the worst. But to be honest with you, I didn't think it was bad. I think he was just experimenting. Yeah. And I like Drake experimenting more than him. Like the last album was boring. Like, okay. His last album wasn't good either. It was so boring. Like I could have that album erased from earth. No, that album was really bad. It was really bad. It was really bad. But this album, at least he's trying something new. I need to listen to it again before I form a real opinion. But I do think there is something to be said about, like, I know all the men, all the little fuck boys, all the little boys out there don't like it because it's not hard. Literally, but, the little boys cannot handle it. Yeah, but they're like, where's our rep? But, but Drake does make really good music for the girlies like you know like and those songs always end up catching on like people don't immediately like them but then they're the ones that are played the most because like girls are out here dancing to them there's more women in this world than men that's facts and we're more influential than these men like we are the reason shopping online shopping exists we're the reason why like sales are always up so he should be freaking um marketing to us he's done his thing with them he's big enough I think he really is I think he's really doing that he made like a dancey album and I think it's for the girls yeah he literally like he he's big enough to be experimenting you know what I mean but I yeah true I saw this really really funny tweet I'm not gonna lie though he was like someone was like yeah, Drake's bu- album's going to be bumping in WeHo and all the clubs. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dead. And then I was like, okay, I love how much people are making fun of him. And they're, they're like, and the one guy was like, they need to, he needs to stop hanging out with Jack Carlo because that album was trash. Oh no. Oh, I saw a really mean meme too that somebody sent me. It was like, let me read it. It was like, I was listening to that new Drake last night. I fell asleep. It was boring. Even my dreams were boring. I was filing paperwork and documents in my dream. I might finish the rest of the album and the paperwork dreams might come back. Oh my gosh. People are just so fucking mean. I swear. It's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, he drops like some R&B and dance. Yeah, it's like he drops some R&B and dance songs and all of a sudden he's like terrible. Chill out, guys. Chill out. I know. Like you said, it's the little, it's the boys that can't handle it. It's people that like real music and aren't scared of like chained and different types of genres that like will appreciate this album. And I think Drake, I don't know if he tweeted it or snapped it, but he was like, it's okay if you don't get it in reference to like his album. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I was feeling it. I was on the treadmill bump into it. So definitely. Me too. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to it a couple more times and then see how I really feel about it. But all I know is his last album was trash. No last album was really, really bad. I honestly think he was just bored and he was just like, fuck it. Let's just release this shit. Whatever. I'm Drake. Same. <laughs> um, Same. Did you, what did you think about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial? Um, okay. Yeah. So I have so many thoughts, like, obviously, like, we all believed Amber, and then we found out she was, like, semi-lying, we're like, what the hell, and watching the trial was, like, mind-blowing, because it's like, oh my god, this relationship was psychotic on so many levels for both of them, but also Johnny Depp, like, he really got played, but... My, I was talking to my friends about it and they brought up some good points about how like even though like I get it like Johnny was trying to get his reputation back because Amber kind of did him dirty even though I'm not saying he was the perfect like husband to her but he definitely like didn't I don't think abuse her to the extent that she made it seem yeah. so I was talking to my friends about it and they they brought up a really good point we were like all talking about how like as a society watching this trial like says so much about us and the fact that we're like really like kind of finding it entertaining watching these people's like marriage crumble before us like they were actually married and they were actually in love and we're like sitting over here like 
looking at all the inner works of their relationship and judging them at like using it as entertainment. And it's a little bit weird, you know, to be honest. It is really weird. It's actually, we we're looking at it. Like it's like a documentary. I'm not sorry, not a documentary. Like or a movie. A yeah. movie. Yeah. A movie and their characters, but like this shit really is went on in like, like in their lives. And like, the thing that we forget is no matter how much money you have and how much fame you have, you're still a man and woman at the end of the day. Your heart still beats the same way it beats for uh, each other, like how ours does. The jealousy is still there. The real life issues are still there. It doesn't matter how much money is in your bank account. You're a real human being, you know? Yeah. Like, and they, some of my- they went through some, uh, yeah. And that trial was insane. They like went through some fucked up shit. I mean, like the pooping in the bed and they're like, oh my gosh, like it was pretty crazy. I feel, I feel like, like those are things uh-huh. that nobody should ever know about your relationship. That's like, what you, know? I was gonna say. Like, you gotta like, keep that stuff. That's what I was going to say. Like, regardless of what the verdict was, they both kind of lost at the end of the day. Like it was like, their lives were put on for a show and everybody got to know their deepest, darkest, everything. Like, I don't think Amber Heard deserved that part. I don't think Johnny Depp deserved that part. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody has to know the ugly side of you like that, especially in a relationship. Like those are not, we've all had really ugly sides in relationships and imagine that shit being in the public eye. I would die. (laughs) And I do. And I do think that we've like really like, gotten to a place in society where we're a little bit too like voyeuristic like we really like the way that we look at celebrities and just like all those people and like judge their lives like it isn't healthy like I don't think we should be like really like judging their character looking into them in those ways yeah but we've just like as a society we've just gone so down because of social media like yes Social media has normalized it way too much. Like we think it's like perfectly normal. A hundred percent. Like even um, so like in the Punjabi music industry, like one of really big singers, like he, he died because like somebody, a gangster shot him and there's, there's footage of everybody making videos of him instead of helping him like making videos of his dead body before anybody like even decided to like grab him and dude those videos make me cringe anytime I see something like that I'm like how is that humanly possible like just as a human being like if you are watching somebody suffer on my phone yeah yeah and he's a six foot four, like, like 28 year old, like, like literally to me, like no matter how big of an artist was, he was a kid. He was my brother's age. And like one of the villagers was like, he's, he's like, it took me 20 minutes to find somebody to get, let me borrow their car. But everybody had oh their God. phone out. That's disgusting. Like it is. Even, it, even it if he wasn't me. savable, like the fact yeah. of humanity, like anything, and nobody even tried CPR, whatever, nothing. Like I was just so disgusted. It's just sad what this world has become. Like going it reminds back. me of the, it reminds me of the whole Travis Scott uh, festival Astroworld situation. Watching that documentary literally like was just like it made me feel so gross inside. Because the actual footage of people getting trampled and then people around them just like continuing to watch the show is horrific. Like, like not it is, a fuck. it is horrific. I'm like the fact that a kid died being trampled. Like how are how is the child being trampled? Why are you guys walking over him? Literally, well, um, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like even when um, what do you call it? even when I'm like at a festival or anything, even if I don't know somebody and I see somebody is not okay, like I'll literally go ask, like before ask like this astral thing, like I would out of humanity just because like, also like I'm, I feel like I'm older than a lot of these kids when I'm there, when I do go to these. So I feel like yeah. sister mode that pops in, like, are you okay? Do you need water? Like, you know, I, and, I yes. just and I've definitely had somebody give me water at a festival. So mm-hmm. shout out to shout out to the nice people exactly it's disgusting it's just this world is just like you know how they say dog eat dog world and I never used to really understand that term when I was younger because I thought everything was like unicorns and butterflies and now that I'm older it literally is a dog eat dog world like you know what I I do think there is hope because there's like this huge part of 
Gen Z that's like very much like all about changing the world for the better. And I, I like that part. Like I, I see hope in that, that they're very like fired up about like being better for the future. But speaking Stop, of social um, media, on a lighter note, you wanted to talk about the Jennifer Aniston salad. Yeah, so speaking of like your TikTok, you know, like like things that you watch, I literally died at this. So there's a salad and there's so many things like this on TikTok, but they call it the Jennifer Aniston salad. And everybody was like, this is the salad that Jennifer Aniston ate. On I, I literally saw this on my For You page like a hundred times, like people yeah. recreating the salad. Yeah, so um, they're like, this is a Jennifer Aniston salad that she ate on the set of Friends for 10 years. And then everybody's like, oh my God, because Jennifer Aniston looks so fucking amazing. So, well, Jennifer Aniston came out and said that I never ate that salad. I was dying, dying when Tony told me this. I was like, what? Like, but this just shows, don't even talk about this all the time. Like, wasn't it like a while ago there was that stupid viral trend about like brooms floating or something and we all fucking believed it and I like i don't know it. and it yes did. and, and, and they were work. like nasa said the gravity is lower today or some shit and nobody fact-checked and we all did it and the next day nasa was like what the fuck we never said that like somebody just spread a rumor and you guys you idiots all believed it brooms always said that I know that this is crazy, you guys, but there's this thing called Google. It's amazing. Yeah. As a a journalist, I need to fact check more. We all need to fact check. We all need to read the full article and not the headline. We all need to see the sources. It should be like, I saw it on TikTok and then I Googled it. (laughs) Like it should be. Yes. The last thing I wanted to talk about was I listened to this podcast with Kim K on it. She never does podcasts, but she did this one that I happened to listen to. And this was like a very um, highbrow podcast. She doesn't usually do these. So I thought it was super interesting. And she was like, they like really talked to her about her uh, career and like everything she's been through. And I absolutely loved it because she basically was saying like, you know, maybe when I was younger, I did just want fame, or I just wanted this, or I wanted that. And she's like, but now I want to like change the world. And I want to do that. And like, you know, as women in society, or even as people, we're allowed to change our beliefs. And we're allowed to change who we are over and over again. Like, there's no rule saying you have to be the same person. And nobody should be the same person their entire lives. And then she was also talking about how like, women get put in these boxes where it's like, you're a mother, so you have to be like this, or you're a doctor so you have to be like this or that's all you are that's that one thing is what you are like we're defined by we're only allowed to be defined by one thing but like who says we can't like be a lawyer that saves convicts and then is also on the cover of sports illustrated or who also you know does all these things and I love that because I am always like you know that I always say like we should not be put in boxes like I want to save the world and I also want to do a million other things like you know and I feel like as women we get put in boxes so much more than men ever do it's because it's the men putting us in boxes and some women too it's just like kind of like the mentality of men when they cheat where it's like uh they want the woman that cooks and cleans and is a good girl and the virgin and then their side piece or whatever is going to be the provocative sexy you know whatever down to fuck every girl but it's like what if she can do both? We can do both, ladies and gentlemen. Like, and shout out to the men that freaking know that. Those men need to be protected at all costs. But yes. we can, like, we can literally do anything. It's like, we can, like, like you were saying, you know, like, lady in the street, but freaking the sheets is real. Yeah. We can wear many, like, hats, but men don't want to accept that. I don't understand why. Yeah, we need to like be changing like and I like that she's like forcing people to change the way that they look at like women. Mm-hmm. Um I I like that because like we should change the way that we look at women. Like we should be able to be like, yeah, I'm really really smart, but I also still like fashion and I still like this or I still like that. But like I can also like fucking I don't know, like perform a surgery or like whatever it is you do. Like we should be able to do a million. We're not defined by one thing. Like who the fuck is defined by one thing? We're complex beings. Exactly. And it's kind of like when we had Deepa on and you were asking her like, 
oh, like, how do you deal with like, you know, how like when she she became a mom and she was still like doing her modeling and people were like, how could you? You're a mom now. And they kind of do that to like Kim K, too. And it's like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, like that you don't like you. you, I mean, you could be whatever you want to be. If you don't want to do that, that's on you. But why can't, you know, Deepa or the Kim or the us like be sexy and be baddies on the gram. And then when we close the gram at the end of the day, we're freaking smart. Like we can, we can do it all. We can be lawyers. We can be doctors. We can be in media. Women can do anything. And it's honestly like, I'm glad she said that because people are always like revert back to her sex tape. That was so many fucking years ago. And a lot of these people act like they never like gave roadhead and recorded it before. It's like, get the like I'm dead like I'm just like these people really think their shit does not stink like shut the fuck up like like people really think that there are um God's gifts to earth and people don't evolve like I'm not even the same we're not even the same people we were at the beginning of the podcast you know no literally literally like I don't know about everybody else but anytime something happens to me in life I you know transform from a caterpillar to a new butterfly I'm just like a new person I evolve with time right today I'm a monarch butterfly today I'm on this butterfly like fuck it Spears and I'm gonna go back to my Britney Spears you guys Jyothi really thinks that Britney is over here like you know needing to be saved she is worried about her relationship Britney if you're listening to this I will help you like I'm blink twice Britney blink Blink twice. twice girl because okay first of all and obviously, you know, she's been a little fucked up mentally and I'm glad she's not, I think her parents just did too much damage to that poor girl that it's very hard for her to come back to that. Imagine years and years and years of damage. And I think her boyfriend, or I guess now fucking husband is taking full on advantage of this situation. Like there's usually women who do this, but this is the, the man version of a woman, right? So first they had a miscarriage, you know, that, which is horrible. And I, I don't wish that upon anybody, but the thing is, so she wanted him to sign a prenup and they had lawyers and stuff and they were going to go over like all that bullshit. So he was probably thinking like, you know what, if she makes me sign a prenup, at least if I have a baby and shit goes sour, I get, um, I get, I can get spousal support. I can get fucking child support and she's, you know, with him for life but that didn't work out. So now they're getting fucking married. And I don't know. I just think he's obviously after her money. <laughs> this, just- is a, this is the, you guys, this is how, you know, the difference between Jyothi and me. I'm over here being like, maybe they're really in love. Like maybe they are really in love. In love. Jyothi, is, Jyothi is like, Oh hell no. He is using, <laughs> he's using her like one thing, like Brittany could have looked better at her wedding. I don't know. They said that they handmade her Versace dress. Okay, well, can somebody do her makeup, please? And her fucking hair? <laughs> like, fuck the dress. Go get one from David's Bridal. What about her hair? Like, her makeup. Like, why does Madonna yeah. look better than Britney Spears? Like, I'm at her wedding. We don't know. We don't really know what's going on there. But, you know, at least her father's not controlling her anymore. There is that. But you know, hopefully it won't be this man. So that's my conspiracy about Britney Spears, guys. Um, I just had to end with Britney conspiracy. And we also wanted to end with this week is Father's Day. And so obviously Jyothi and me are with anybody that's ever lost their father. And we are sending you so much love. So much much love. And and I'm sorry that this is how we relate is, you know, of a passing or, you know, not having our fathers, but at least we have each other and surround yourself with lots of love, hang out with your mom or just like do, you know, do something that makes you feel good and pray. I, you know, definitely pray and we feel for you and we love you. We love you. And we're going to have our, uh, our boss Brown queen, Nicole Mehta on. There is nothing more we love than a queen, a queen who is owning her brand and her life. So we're super excited to talk to Nicole. Yes. Our Brown queen of the week. So we're going to go ahead and have her call in and we will see you guys next week. Yes. Thank you. We have a very exciting season of episodes, stories, guests. And thank you Thanks for writing for with you us. Guys. We see the new follows. We appreciate you. Thank you for 
sticking with our journey. Yes. We're so honored to have Nicole on with us for our comeback episode. We took like a long break and now we're back and you're our first guest for a new season. So honored. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Welcome, girl. She looks great, by the way. We're probably going to show how great she looks, but no makeup. Woke up like this. <laughs> As a It's a tan. It's a summer girl tan or like tan girl glam is what I call it, where it's just like you tan long enough that you just don't need concealer like the dark spots and like the circles under my eyes just like blended with everything else honestly yeah. i've heard that and i'm like i need to like get like a nice golden tan going like i feel like that makes it so that you don't even have to wear makeup i love it that's that's literally my plan all every year so Jolfie, <laughs> i don't want to spend money on makeup and i'm sorry what we need to go on vacation on an island to get that tan yeah yeah you could do that or we can you know just have a pool day here in la Yes. With that beaming hot sun. Yes, girl. <laughs> um, so do you want to tell our audience a little bit about yourself for those of them that may not know you? Yeah, of course. Um, so hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Nicole Meta. I am based in Los Angeles. I am a cre uh, creator specializing in fashion, beauty, and like overall wellness and lifestyle. And I have an Instagram platform with over 200,000 followers. I'm also on TikTok and YouTube, and I also work full-time in consulting. Amazing. Look at that, a queen, well-rounded queen. We love the nine to five, five to nine, as I like to call it. Yup, me too. So you just moved to LA. Um, did you move here because like your brand started to take off? No, so I actually used to live here um, when I took on my first job like out of college. And um, so I was living here around like 2014 era and I always loved like the California lifestyle, but um, I ended up, I was going between two cities, like multiple cities, whatever. And I eventually moved to Texas because of work. And then during the pandemic, um, since we were working from home and then eventually just permanently working from home, I didn't have to travel anymore for my job. Um, Cause when you're in the consulting space, uh, tech consulting, management consulting, whatnot, you're traveling every week, Monday through Thursday. Um, and I didn't have to do that anymore. So um, at least for now. So I was like, okay, finally, I can like make this move. It was something I always wanted to do. Um, and always in the back of my mind, even like 2019, early 2020, before COVID kicked in, I was like, maybe by the end of the year, like I'll move. And then obviously plans went sideways for everyone. But yeah, that was the only reason why. Um, it wasn't because my Instagram took off, uh, it was more so just like a lifestyle change. And I loved, I lived in Texas. Um, if you don't follow me, but yeah, I lived in Texas and I love Texas, but I just felt like I was getting complacent and needed to change it up. LA will definitely have that hustle culture. hundred Yeah. If you don't hustle, it'll eat you alive. Literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it's hard finding a balance sometimes. So do you think that you, do you like enjoy your day job and your, I guess, like non-day job? Like, would you, do you plan on keeping both or would you eventually want to transition? I plan on keeping, I plan on keeping both. I don't want to transition. Um, let me knock on wood, wherever it is. Um, no, I, I've been doing my day job for so long um, and I worked really hard at it. So I wouldn't want to just throw it away. And for me, my my social media platforms and like content creation is my creative outlet that yes, it has turned into a second full-time job and I give it the same amount of energy, but I don't know. I think like maybe just being raised by like my parents, like I love stability and I also love like building a career and like working up the ladder and like all of that jazz. And I know it's, it's different than millennial culture or Gen Z culture where we're all looking for, you know, like being our own boss and stuff like that. But I like the structure and yeah. And I also feel like a lot of creators don't talk about this, but I have a, a huge fear of like being a creator on my own because I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from. A lot of people really don't talk about mm -hmm. taxes. They don't talk about like having to have your own insurance and your 401k, like adult thing. Yeah. Um, I don't have any financial support so 
we gotta we gotta work hard <laughs> i feel like they try i mean not try some people do they they have their paychecks coming in or whatever or so they show it that way so i think it's important to like especially to like the younger generation be like keep your nine to five or your five to nine like until you make it because it's sometimes there's going to be a, a time where you don't get your paycheck well yeah and i mean even if you do make it what is the definition of making it like mm-hmm. tomorrow when it's if God forbid this happens, but TikTok or whatever, like you're, you can grow out of it. You can get canceled overnight or the, the algorithm isn't flattering to your content anymore or catering to it. Like, like Instagram can literally decide that they're like closing. Yeah. Presidents like, yeah, exactly. Like delete. (laughs) Or like, for example, trends can change. Right. So if you think about the culture of posting back in the day when we loved like just still photos and there were people who were masters of the still photography whether they're traveling or this and that then we got into aesthetics now we're into video content but it wasn't just like tiktok dances now it's like high-end photography so so, like it's literally like a circus yeah it's literally a circus i'm not trying to be negative about it i love what i do um but at the same time like i feel like there should be more people coming out and talking about some like the the shadow of social media and being a creator and the risks you take i love that it's it's also the mental thing i was like listening to this podcast the other day and it was talking about how like the validation you get from social media is not normal and it's like it totally affects your subconscious especially when you make it your career because you're like depending on these people literally if it is your career you are depending on those people liking you connecting with you whatever and that can change like you so you're constantly being like to all these people please love me please connect with me please you know and that does a lot to your subconscious that's why i always say like, I worked really hard for my real profession too, or like my day job. And like, I would never give that up partly because also I don't think I could solely depend on like the validation of others or social media because that would be too much for me. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I think like when I first started, I wouldn't say like, oh my God, like I like really cared about likes per se, but I know before being an influencer, I was like, oh my God, why are my friends liking my photo? You know? And then I think about like creators who really, for whatever their reasons are, you know, care about the the following count or like the number of likes they get or like the traction or views. And I'm like, I just don't care about that. Like I post my content in the morning or whenever I need to. And then I move on to the next thing. Um, And I think it's really important to just like make your platform, your safe space to be whoever you want to be and, you know, be on board with who's receptive to that and who's not. Um, because otherwise like you're constantly just, like I said, it's a circus and you're trying to appease to everyone and everyone has all these differing opinions. Like nobody wins. Yeah. No. Yeah. Even today, I'm going to be honest. Like I'm still like to my friends, I'm like, are you guys liking my photos and supporting me? Or like, you know, <laughs> Um, I feel like that's, but I know, but I came to a point where it's like, I know that it's not that they don't like me. I just feel like we do do so many things to them. Yeah. Yeah, Like we do so many things that I feel like it's just, my friends are numb to it. Like, oh, today she's doing this. Great. Whatever. I'll see. I'm not talking about about just friends, but I agree. I agree. Like my friends, I mean, they keep up with everything. So I'm not seeking their validation, but I'm talking you know, who you're talking to, that there are people who truly care about like, who's liking photos? How many likes do I have? How many, you know, followers am I getting daily? Am I growing? Am I not growing? And it's like, learn to enjoy what you're putting out there. If you're doing it for the right reasons, everything, you know, happens in due time. So how did you start? Like, how was your, how did the beginning of your like Instagram journey begin? Um, okay. So I actually started my blog site in college. I was just like, it was 2011. I didn't want to study one night and I was like, I'm just going to make a website. Start a blog. So (laughs) I said, that's so nineties of you to start a blog. (laughs) I know, you know, it was, it was, it's funny you say that because like growing up, I had live journal and like, I was always like in, I took like college photography and like in high school I was always in like 2d art and stuff like that um kind of have like 
things spiraling to where it is today is like kind of funny. But yeah, I had started my website back in college. And at that time, there wasn't really a culture like no, the term influencer really wasn't a thing. The term blogger was maybe catching some space with the OGs that you were like the mega influencers that were OGs that you see today. Um, but it wasn't that big of a like a thing. And so I would try to get people to take my pictures or like my friends or like my family and they'd just be like, yeah, you can do it. But like, what's happening with this website? You know, like it was just a website and I would get traction on it, but not enough that I'm like, oh my God, I'm going viral. Um, but I always kept it active. And then like around 2017, um, one of my best friends, she was like, Nicole, like, why don't you just do this on Instagram? Like your Instagram's already like aesthetic, like your lifestyle, just like the way you post, the way you share your life, like you're going on vacation, you're, you know, you're shopping for things, this and that, like you're talking to your friends, like as if you would talk, like, you know, talk to an audience. Um, so there, she's like, why don't you just try? And I was like, okay, like, yeah, I guess I'll try. And, and I used to be on Snapchat as well. So like I'd post like, this is my favorite mask. Like you guys should get this from Sephora. Like, why am I telling my friends that, you know, it's not like I had like randoms on my Snapchat, but so it was always kind of like in me to like share share different things. So, um, yeah, I started it, uh, I think like November, December of 2017, basically 2018. And yeah, here we are today. Wow. You really, sorry, that was long. No, it was, yeah. you were like consistent and you committed and now you have a huge following. That's amazing. And it also, you. with your lifestyle, it wasn't like you were trying to be somebody else. You're like, this is what I do anyway. So here you go. Yeah. Yeah, it, it hasn't really been like, I think I, yes, I do shoot content, but I'm, I never was like, okay, I need to go on this trip because I need this content. Like, of course you're doing New York fashion week or you're doing press trips or whatever that obviously has evolved, but the core of like how I live my life hasn't changed. See, that's nice guys. It's important. That's very important. We always talk about that, like about being authentic to yourself. Cause I'll, I'll sometimes tell Neha, I'm like, do I need to start dancing in my Langa? Cause is that like, you know what I mean? But that's not me. You know what I mean? I'm like, is that how I do it? And she's like, no, that just, I'm like, Jovi, that's not you. Like, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> be who you are, you know? And that is amazing that some people really yeah, can, that's like, them. do that yeah. and grow that following and yeah. person. Like if that's authentically who you are, mm -hmm. but like, we're just like different people and you know, you have to grow a very genuine, authentic following based on the person you are. That's how you keep them. Well, it's also just like, why even try to be something you're not? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if you tell me like, oh, a, a, like somebody who primarily dances in Langa's now all of a sudden wants to do like editorial fashion, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Yeah. Why? No, it's like, Yes, I agree. I mean, I will say like certain areas are harder to grow in or get a following in mm. fashion, especially for a brown girl being one of them. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you, you go where your strengths are, not what's trendy because that's always going to change, right? It's going to change, yeah. I did want to talk so, to you about that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do feel like you are like an Indian brown girl in a very white centric space. Like most Indian girls I see in fashion go like the Indian fashion route, but you're actually doing the like American, like you're sticking to, you do have a little Indian in there, but like you're kind of like really trying to own that space as an Indian girl. Um, how has that been for you? Like, was that challenging? Like, do you feel like you're a minority, which you are, but. I am a minority, but again, it's like true to me. Like I grew up in a suburb of Michigan. I was the only Indian girl from like elementary school to high school. Um, there was only one Indian girl in my district who I'm like really good friends with, but like, I just like, I showed up doing everyday street style. And like, of course, when I go to weddings and stuff, like I do the cultural thing, but it's not the forefront of my personal style. So that's kind of the path I went on. And then I didn't realize like what you're pointing out is not something that ever registered until I would say, to be honest, like until black lives matters. Like I did not realize that I was a minority in the space. Um, not because it's like, Oh, I see all these creators, but I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just like Nicole, like shooting yeah. content and like having fun with it and getting to work with brands. And, um, and then I think like when we started the show, inclusion 
that's when I was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, like, I guess I really am, like, the only Indian girl in, in Instagram fashion world. Because, um, yeah, I guess at that time when I started, there was, like, people doing cooking, people doing the dancing, um, family stuff, of course, like, weddings and stuff. Like, those are things that were going viral. Fashion was not, go- like, my Indian following, they didn't resonate with the fashion as as. But I feel like you do bring up a good point because so Jyoti and me, like we grew up, like I feel like non-traditionally, like where we had like a very like unique, diverse upbringing. We have friends from like all different races, like, and I feel like you saying like, oh yeah, like I just do the fashion that I wear. Like, it's just like Indianism at the forefront of the things I wear, but I do include it when I wear it is so true. Cause like, I feel like the reason we're not dancing in langas and stuff is like, why would we do that when we did it? That's not like what we're doing on the daily. Like your Instagram should be a representation or anything that you put out, your brand should be a representation of really like who you are. And we grew up like super diverse with like all these different Mm -hmm. parts of ourselves. So like, you don't need to define yourself by one thing just because it's like a huge part of who you are. Yeah. And I never felt like <laughs> you would. No, I, yes, I would. I know. I was saying, like, if you were gonna try to be like, you know, someone else, like for me, for example, if you saw me doing a dance in the lane, I would look really awkward. But if you saw me maybe twerking, that would look more like, you know, my <laughs> who I really. More on yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, in college, like, college was the first time I was with a bunch of Indian people, and like, I did do like the ISA and like auditioning for Bhangra team or Ras team or doing the Bali, like choreographing Bollywood dances. So the culture was important to me, but at the same time, I had friends from all walks of life. I still like, you know, tried to do Greek life and things like that. And so I never, I guess, yeah, I guess it's like a reflection of like how I live my life where I have so many diverse friends and people from different walks of life that I would never just want to do one thing and be in a niche. Cause again, it's, it's not me or it's not us. It's not, it's yeah. not authentic yeah. and it would feel so weird and forced. Like I can't sit there and like, I didn't have the experiences that other people did of being like, Oh, I, you know, felt like I had to suppress my culture. Like, cause I, in middle school at like age 11 or 12, I, I used to, I used to do Bharatanatyam and I did oh, wow, a whole, awesome. like, I did a whole like Bharatanatyam dance at my like middle school talent show. Like in the love whole, that. like, we love that. Like, but I never, but like my friends were, yeah, my classmates and stuff, they were so receptive to it that I never felt like, oh, I'm different. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm Indian, but like, I'm still like a white girl too, you know, <laughs> just sort of like, you know, just a normal girl. Yeah, that's awesome. I did feel like I had to suppress my culture a little bit. I did too. But that's so great that you had that experience. And that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. we all have to come from different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of fashion, we wanted to like talk to you a little bit about like kind of like what are your fashion must-haves for the summer? Or like what are your tips and yeah. tricks for girls? Like if you could give them three things to remember in fashion, like what would they be? Okay, I think you need a pair of like good white trousers, like loose, like chic trousers, flowy trousers. Just bought um, yesterday. <laughs> That's my girl. And then I would say like bralettes and like good crop tops um, in neutrals are always like a great rotation to have through the summertime. And you just can't go wrong with like a fresh, clean look. I mean, I'm turning 31, which is like crazy to say, uh, like in just a few months. And like, I feel like at the age I'm at, I want to feel comfortable, but like elevated. And so I think like the last thing I would tell people is like, yeah, like have a good pair of like sunglasses or a nice bag just to like complete a look. Okay. Like, I think the go-to look for summer should be like a crop top or a bralette with like a skirt or trousers and then just complete it with accessories. Say less. That's our uniform. <laughs> for real. <laughs> and I'm glad mini skirts are like coming back with the shoulder, like, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. like perfect. And the neutrals, because I'm really boring. Like I'll do a color here and there, like a pop of color. But if you go in my closet, it's like neutral. <laughs> oh, you know what's so funny? I have a closet organizer right now who's, um, she's finishing up tomorrow. And I told, she was like, how do you want me to organize the closet? And like my closet here in LA compared to Texas is like so much smaller. But I was like, look. 
before I used to have like the whole rainbow, like in my closet, yeah. I'm like, just like box and put all colorful clothing in the drawers. I just want to see neutrals. Like, I don't want the color. Just give me the basics. And she's like, okay, yeah, here's like all the seasonal, like your oranges. I was like, yep, put them in a drawer. I don't want to see them. Like once in a while when I'm feeling frisky, I'll Yeah, you're like, oh, vacation is when the colors and the everything comes out for sure. Yep. <laughs> is there one last trip, uh, tip do you have for a girl that wants to get started in the fashion world? You know, brown girl or any kind of girl. Like if you, this is a tip that Nicole Mitha has for her. Um, honestly, it's a saturated market. So I would say the ones that are consistent and the ones who bring a fresh perspective to the table or have something unique about them is what's going to hopefully, you know, uh, sell over time, but it's a long road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I do have one last question for you also. Mm -hmm. How do you balance, like Accenture is like a tough job, no? Like I feel like that's very... How do you balance that and your social media? Because I get so, I like would love to grow my following naturally. Um, but I just like feel like after my day job, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> too tired. So I've been doing this for like four years now. And I think going on five. And I think for me, I'm just really good at compartmentalizing. And I'm like very like, okay, the job needs to get done. Um, of course my nine to five is what comes first, no matter what. So like last week or this week, like I'm swamped at work. So I'm just like, okay, content will take a back seat. But if I need to schedule shoots on the weekend, or if I need to work in the evening, um, after work and, you know, turn out content, like that's how I do it. Like, or, I mean, there were times like I would be traveling to a client site Monday through Thursday and like in the summertime, the sun would come up at 6 a.m. And like I used to quickly like knock out a shoot by hiring a photographer right before work at 6 a.m. And then just head to work and just like come, like wrap what, it up. What's your sign? I'm a Virgo. I knew it. I was like, you sound like a Virgo. You sound like very <laughs> like we're about to run out of time. So I want to thank you before we run out and we love you we loved having you on and if you could plug in your socials so people that don't already follow you can follow you yeah of course follow me at nicole meta um on pretty much all platforms i think i have that same handle so dm me if you enjoyed this conversation well thank you so much nicole for taking time out of your busy schedule you are a true brown queen so thank you